our region. Amen. It is 4th of July weekend, huh? Yeah. It's going about a storm. You know, it usually cools down the next, uh, the, the next day or so. So hopefully that's what we're going to get tomorrow, right? Uh, I want to welcome back the teens. Yeah. You guys are excited and fired up. I really don't know they just came back from Team Camp. So uh, we're excited to see your zeal back in the fellowship. We definitely missed you last week. Uh, Jeff and Kelly do an amazing job leading the teens. One of the toughest jobs in our church worldwide is being a camp director. And that's what they've been doing for the last week or so. But I just want to welcome that back. But also, it is Jeff's birthday today. Having a 4th of July baby weekend is great to have in the house, amen? Fireworks for you, brother. You deserve it. We love you. And uh, the Antons are uh, obviously they're, they're ready at Reach. She's going to Reach. I'm going to be at Reach. It's going to be amazing. They are taking registration at the door, by the way. So uh, it, it's for just if you got in that, if you're feeling that, that, that energy and desire to go, it's, it's not too late. It's going to be an amazing event. I'm pretty sure we're going to sing that song we just uh, sung here. Uh, at, imagine 17,000 people already registered uh, for St. Louis. So this is, uh, this is really big. So amen. Ready for a message? Uh, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Got to record this. Ephesians 6. So we are. Uh, I won't. I won't end the uh, the the book of Ephesians today. It might be billed this Tuesday. Uh, but I, it tasked me with this passage. I'm going to start. I'm going to go back to verse ten of chapter six, so we can read this in context. But we'll be focusing on the last three verses here of this section. Here. Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the greatness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, yes. which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare fearlessly as I should. Amen? This is Paul's final exhortation as he is closing the letter to Ephesus. 
which is a letter circulated throughout that time. During World War II, an officer was briefing his men on how to take a certain objective. He demonstrated to them the manner in which they needed to hug the ground so as to stay below enemy fire. You can, you can illustrate that in your minds, can you? He said in conclusion, if you advance on your knees, you will always be safe. You know, that is what Paul is saying in this text. You know, Paul gave us, if, if we want to break the section he's read in three things, in three ways. In, in verses 10 through 13, Paul is giving us the explanation that we are all in a fight. We must be strong in the Lord because we are engaged in a what battle? A spiritual battle with the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Right now, right here. Call it 3D or 4D. It's present right now. It is happening right now. We are engaged in a spiritual battle. That's the explanation of the fight. He also is telling us how to equip and the equipment we must have for the fight. Which is the full armor of God. To pay attention to the full armor of God. Essentially, what is the full armor of God? It's putting on Jesus. Yes. What do you think about this? Look at this. He's saying, put on the belt of truth. We know that in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the truth and the life. Amen. We know that we need to wear the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. When we have been baptized and covered by his blood. Amen. Amen. We also need to wear the boots of preparation of the gospel of peace. Which is the peace that he gives us. My peace I leave with you. We hear that. Yes. He's also our shield of faith. We know that Jesus is our faith. And he's the helmet of salvation. He is the salvation coming to us. We see that in Luke chapter 2 verse 30. Yeah. He's also the sword of the spirit. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word. Verse 14. The word became flesh. Amen. When we are putting the armor of God. We are essentially donning. Clothing ourselves with Christ. Amen? Amen. That is what we've been talking about in the last two weeks. The, la the, the interns last week did a phenomenal job in this area. But this is leading into where I need to focus this very morning. And this is more instruction. Now that we know we are in a spiritual battle, now we know the equipment we must don and wear is our full armor, which is Jesus, we need to understand how to exercise now and how to put it into effect in our fight in the spiritual warfare. Amen. So what are we fighting for? We are fighting for God. We are fighting for God against the enemy, which we know is Satan and his spiritual forces. We are not here fighting for our favorite sports team, okay? We're not even fighting for a, 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 a civil rights cause or even a political party. We are Christians. You made a decision to be here this very morning. And we fight for the highest cause. Yeah. Not even a cause itself. We are fighting for our creator. Yeah. We are fighting for God. And we are fighting for God how? Well, first of all, we're fighting for God against who? The enemy. Through prayer. And the title of my message is simple today. Fight for God. Through prayer. Fight for God through prayer. I must confess first that this is not an easy topic for me to preach on. 
I am by no means saying that I am an expert in this area. I am constantly learning what it, what, what, what it means to pray and how to pray. You know, I've been a Christian now for over 20 years now. And I understand that prayer should be a delight for the Christian. But I honestly find prayer increasingly difficult as I grow older for some reason. Now for some of y'all, it is getting easier and easier. That is great. You know, scripture commands that we must devote much time to prayer. But I find very difficult to pray long periods of prayer. I don't know if you're with me in this boat. I sometimes run out of things to pray. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to, uh, uh, to acknowledge this issue right here. You know, I share this because, as I said before, I don't have prayer altogether. This message is, is just for myself, and hopefully it will help a lot of us in this room. Paul uses the word all. We're going to focus in verse 18, 19, and 20 today. The effect of fighting for God. He used the word all four times in verse 18 alone. He also tells us how to pray in the Spirit. We're going to look at three, we're going to focus on three verses, and I have five points for you this morning. Now, when was the last time you heard many points, more points than the actual verses we're going to read today? All right? So, let's, let's just read, that was just the introduction, so let's look at verse 18 again. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, or the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. My five uh, points are simple today. I'll give it to you right now. Number one, we fight for God with all kinds of prayer. Number two, we, we fight for God at all times through prayer. Number three, we fight for God by praying in the Spirit. Amen. Number four, we, pray for, we fight for God by being alert and always persevering in prayer. Yes. And lastly, we fight for God by praying for His people. All his people. That's a challenge in itself. Point number one. Fight for God by praying with all kinds of prayer. Look at verse 18. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Did a little study on this. You know, you can, you can jot this down. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It talks about all the kinds of prayers. There are prayers of petition. There are prayers of intercession. There are prayers of thanksgiving. There are prayers of praise. We even see when the disciples came up to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. A lot of us here know the Lord's Prayer, don't we? You know, what is the first part of that prayer in Matthew 6? Our Father who is in heaven. In older translations, hallowed be is your name. What does that mean? It is helping us to focus our worship towards God, who is our glory, who is God's glory. Second part of that prayer in Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. Look at that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a prayer that points to evangelism and discipleship. This is essentially our discipleship study we call in our church. That prayer. The next section, verse 11, give us this day our our daily bread. This is our personal need. This is probably the prayer that I am most familiar with. God, I need this. I want this. Please take care of this. Where is this? And uh, the next one is not too far from that one. It's in verse 12. Forgive us our sins. But do we focus on the second part of that one? As we forgive others who sinned against us. You know, that is a prayer for our relationships with one another. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is a prayer for holiness. For all us to be holy and beautiful in the eyes of God. You know, there are many prayers in the Psalms. There are prayers throughout, throughout Scripture. The point that's driven here, really quick, is that we need to pray with all kinds of prayers. Now, a prayer is a, commun- is a communication vehicle between us and God. All right? So to put it down to our level... You know, we need to be well-rounded in our prayer life. Imagine, uh, okay, for those who are married, let's say husband or let's say wife, you only focus on the area of need prayer, communication. I need this. Can you please take care of this? Where is this? Why isn't this? That's going to exasperate your spouse. You know, amen. You know, being married, there, there, are, there are great benefits as far as meeting needs. But do we also understand that is there praise and encouragement in our communication with one another as marriage? Do we thank our spouse as much as we ask help in certain areas of our life? Here's a big one. Do we intercede for our spouse? Do we pray for them on, 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 on their behalf? You know, these, are, these, are the, these are the tools. These are the weapons of prayer. This is what the scripture is saying. We must pray with all kinds of prayer. You know, this also, this also uh, applies to parents. Parents, uh, are you always asking your children to clean their room? I'm guilty of this. It, it, no matter what happens, I can clean one hour, and the next hour is back to where it was. But you know what? If I, can t- if I constantly harp on them about cleaning their room, picking things up, I am, I, I am, I am very single-minded. It's uh, you know, one focus dimensional as a parent. Yes, they need discipline, but how much do I encourage them? How much do I love them? How much do I praise them? How much do I thank them? How much do I intercede for them? Amen. This goes with management. This goes with really, if you're a manager, work, same thing. Yeah. So I hope, hope that uh, analogy helps. But we're talking about a relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like that God needs help, but I think the, the, the nature of our prayer does have a reflection of, of who we really see ourselves in God. Do we thank God enough? Do we, do we praise Him? Do we intercede? This is what it means. We need to fight for God against the enemy as we use all types of prayer. Amen. Amen. Point number two. Fight for God by praying at all times. All times. All occasions. You may be thinking, come on, Paul. Let's be realistic. Praying every single minute of the day. Come on, I have a living here. I gotta raise a family, I gotta work. How is it possible to pray at all times? 
You know, I did a little study on 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Uh, this is kind of backing up. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says praying without ceasing. Uh, praying on all occasions. You know, this word seizing, uh, adialetos, is used for, it's, it's used for, for two ways in the Greek language. This see, do without seizing. It's like a packing cough. It's like coffee just kind of happens regularly, but not every second, not every minute. But it just happens a lot. I, I have that problem, fortunately, during some times of the year. But also, it's used for repeated, hear me here, repeated military assaults. This, uh, this, this, this praying without ceasing. Think about it. You, some of you are really history buffs here in war, you know, and you see how the Romans did this, how they took siege of a city, or any, and, and if you just, just study warfare, even today, you, even actually right now, as, as a lot of our brothers and sisters are fighting ISIS right now. You know, you constantly get in there, repeatedly. Not all the time, you'll burn yourself out, and you'll lose your resources, you'll be, you'll be so deflated. But you go in repeatedly, repeatedly. Come back, retreat, get strengthened, you come back repeatedly. Until, until what you're fighting for has been gained. And victory is yours. That is, the, that is the element of prayer that we need to understand. We need to pray without ceasing. And I think a lot of us can, can relate with this when it comes to temptation. But I know some of us here, myself included, that we, we retreat too quickly and we stop. We need to pray. We need to pray in advance. Pray, pray, pray until what you are trying to achieve for God has been attained. Because God always delivers. And you see this in Joshua actually very well. Pray without ceasing. You know, John MacArthur, I'm going to refer to him at least a couple of times today. He's one of my uh, respected uh, theologians of the day. Listen to this. This is from his New Testament commentary on this particular verse. Quote, to obey this exhortation means that when we are tempted, we hold the temptation before God and ask for help. When we experience something good and beautiful, we immediately thank God for it. When we see evil around us, and there's, there's a lot of that, obviously. We pray that God will make it right and be willing to be used of him to that end. When we meet someone who does not know Christ, we pray for God to draw that person to himself and use us to be a faithful witness. When we encounter trouble, we turn to God immediately as our deliverer. In other words, our life is a continually ascending prayer, a perpetual communing yes. with our Heavenly Father. Love that phrase, perpetual communing. Yeah. No, prayer isn't just rushing into God's presence as if you're rushing to get money in the bank. Yeah. Sometimes we treat God like that. Yeah. God, I need some of this. You withdraw here. You know, we, we need funds. Uh, and then, thank you, God. I'm not going to go back until I need more. And sometimes uh, we, can, we can treat God. I know personally I do as well. You know, prayer, this type of prayer is like going to the bank many times throughout the day because you love the banker. <laughs> I don't know if you have that relationship. I personally love our banker. But I don't know if, I, if I'm at the point where I can go there just to say hi and have a conversation with him. <laughs> but we've we got to see God. You know, do you enjoy talking to him? Do you, do you delight in Him? You know, also, when we're in need in prayer, we need to understand that it cannot be our last resort. 
Oh, we've done all that we can do. Now all we can do is pray. You know, John, John Bunyan once said that um, you can only do more than prayer after you have prayed. But you will never do more until you have prayed. You know, prayer should be the first, the first thing that comes to mind whenever something beautiful, trouble, evil, need, whatever, the loss. You know, do we have that heart? We need to pray with all prayer and petition at all times. Amen. Amen. Point number three. I'm good here. Fight for God by praying in the Spirit. That's what the Scriptures say, isn't it? It says pray in the Spirit. We already talked about on all occasions and with all kinds of prayer requests. But he's saying pray in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? First, we need to clarify what it does not mean. Praying in the Spirit does not refer to praying in tongues or praying emotionally. Also, while we, we understand, you know, we, we can get, you know, I I'm, I'm consider myself a pretty emotional guy, and I can get really riled up in my prayer, you know, as David was, especially during desperate times of need. But we need to understand praying emotionally in the Holy Spirit. You can also be calm when you pray. You wouldn't even know. Like some of you right now, are, are, I'm sure a lot of you right now are praying for me right now as I speak, and I'm, I'm very thankful. Thank you very much. But we, you can pray just by being quiet and being still. Two things I want to bring out here in praying in the Spirit. First of all, we just hit one today. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit is to pray in dependence. Dependence, not independence. Dependence. Yeah. Depending on the Spirit. Right. Relying on the Spirit. Here's the key one. According to God's Word. Right. Praying in the Spirit. I'll reiterate it again. Praying in the Spirit means depending on the Holy Spirit. Key thing. In accordance with God's Word. Yes. I want to make a disclaimer here really quick before I move on. I cannot pray in the Spirit if I have unconfessed sin in my life. That is Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard or cherish sin and wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. We need to understand that. That's a conviction of mine. I cannot come up here and preach. I can't do anything. I definitely cannot pray unless whatever's in my heart has been confessed to God first. And I bring a brother who's near and dear to me that can pray for me. The scriptures say in James 5, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a, of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Husbands. For some reason, Peter didn't tell this to wives. He addresses to husbands. You know what I'm talking about here. It's in 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands. If you do not treat your wives properly, honoring them as fellow heirs of the grace of life, then your prayers will be hindered. So husbands, we need to treat our wives as fellow heirs. We need to respect them and honor them. Or our prayers will be hindered or not heard at all. You see, God knows our hearts. We can't play games with God, all right? We know that. We can. Sometimes we do. 
We can't play, we can't play games with him. Thinking that we can disobey him and then come and sweet talk him. As we, hey, please give me this. Let me give you some examples here, what I've heard. Lord God, please bless my business or my job. When behind the scenes, you haven't been absolutely honest with your time and the money and the taxes or whatever that goes with your business. There is some hidden deceit or corruption. God cannot bless that. You know, God, please bless my family. You know, as a husband, and I pray that often, but if there's, if there is impurity, if there is pornography, if there is flirting in the workplace, if there's working so much where your children are being neglected, I, I can go on and on with this. How can God answer that prayer? You know, we need to understand there's any sin in our life. You know, get with somebody. Pray to God. Get it off your heart. Get, get it dealt with. And you can pray, man. Okay, so what does it mean to pray in the Spirit according to God's will is revealed to His Word? You know, Paul just told us in verse 17, you know, we need to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, the Spirit will never lead us to pray contrary to His will. We understand that we need, you will never. You know, there's another example. Lord, bless me as I enter into this marriage with an unbeliever. Now, God can't bless that. God will not bless that. Because that's not, that is absolutely against His word. We know that in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. The believer will not be, shall not be yoked with an unbeliever. And this is how we pray in the Spirit. Because the Spirit, the Spirit, Holy Spirit inspires the word of God. You know, one way, one way we, can, we, we, can, uh, we can pray, you know, is, is using scriptures. You know, we looked at this in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. I like Ephesians 3 because Paul is saying, I pray that each and every one of you would be strengthened in, 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 in understanding the love of God. I pray that often for the brothers and sisters in my singles ministry. One of, one of my uh, prayers that I use when I'm talking about scripture is Matthew 26. Because I'm a pretty stubborn guy. I like to do what I want to do. But Jesus isn't. We know in Jesus' prayer in the garden. He says, let your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And he finished off a second time, may your will be done. In my later years of Christian, I'm, I'm praying that prayer more often. Because I'm realizing as I get older, pride, you know, pride is the very deceitful. And I've I, I got to constantly get my will in check. Is my will subordinate to the Lord's? And if I'm, if I'm sure, then read the scriptures. Or ask God, pray Jesus' prayer. Let your will be done, Amen. not mine. So fight for God by praying with all kinds of prayer. What's the second one? At all times. And in the what? And in the Holy Spirit. You with me still? Yes. Got two more. I got two more. We're wrapping up here. Fourth. Fight for God by praying alertly with all perseverance. Did a little study here on this, uh, this perseverance. There is a, um, do you know what a participle is? It's a, it's a, verb, it's a verb compound. Okay. You know, because there's this praying, there's this praying. Well, anyway, um, if you look at verse 10, it says, stand firm. Excuse me, verse 14. Look at verse 14. 
It says, stand firm. Stand firm then. The participle here is actually in verse, it's in verse 18. Because it's connecting, it's basically saying, stand firm by how? Because right between, by how? By praying with all alertness and with all perseverance. That's how we stand firm, right? Everything we read between that is just the donning of the equipment. The reminder of what we need to wear when we go into battle. But standing firm is essentially praying. That's how we stand firm in the spiritual warfare. It's just praying. Everything we talked about, praying in all kinds of prayer. Praying at all times. Praying in the spirit. The Satan is always throwing things at us, isn't it? You know, the word alert here, ties, is, is, is a military analogy. A lot of us here are military, aren't we? Duty days, isn't it? You know, but, but, but just standing watch, or, or, or the sentry. I mean, I don't know how many ships, or I, I, I wanted to do a study, I didn't have time, but, you know, when, when, when the watch does not do his job, you know, think bad things happen. Because disaster, catastrophe, the enemy comes suddenly. It's not like they're parading, here I come. You know, we need watches. You know, we need watches in the night, throughout the day. And it, it, we need to persevere. Because what did Jesus tell when, when Jesus was so anxious in the garden, remember he told Peter, can you just stay awake and pray? Yeah. Can you watch and pray? The, 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 the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Pray in the spirit. You know, but... I mean, I'd probably be just as bad as them. You know, they fell asleep. We fell asleep on the watch that Jesus asked us to pray. That's why we need to pray with all perseverance. It takes, you know, it is loving God with all our mind and all our strength. You know, do we pray in a way like the persistent widow? Just pray, pray, pray until what you are trying to attain for God has been given. And that could be anything from overcoming temptation or seeing a loved one get converted. My goodness, I've been, I've been praying for my dad to be converted for 20 years now. And a, a great seed was planted back in 2012. But I just came to realize uh, 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 a few weeks ago that the, the lead minister in, um, in Lucena City, which is a, a planting that happened three years ago. Uh, anyway, my dad came with me that time when I, when I preached there in 2012. Anyway, uh, four years later, my dad finally had lunch with him. No, and, and it's just, you know, God is amazing. And you know what? Here's, here's, here's the sad part for me. I've stopped praying since 2012. And just recently, I really have picked it up. And look what God does. God is ready to move. God wants to move. For whatever reason why it's taking time, that's not for me to say. That may be variable for me just to test how faithful I am. But God will always deliver. Yeah, but how about you? Do, are, are there some prayers that maybe, you know what, I don't think God is going to, I think this is a no. You know what, and maybe it is. I don't know that. But, but, but don't, don't stop praying because it was that. Pray because maybe God interjected even a greater prayer in your life that overwhelmed you. You're like, you know, I need to pray for this. But I, I don't know what it is, but what is it that you're praying for? Is it your children? You know, I love, my goodness, I, from a distance, I got to witness Kurt Woodham from a distance. How challenging it is to see one of your children leave the Lord. 
But my goodness, seeing a, a man of high character and faith and perseverance to pray for his middle daughter and to see that obviously we know, you know, that Catherine is, uh, you know, is a disciple. It, it, it's amazing, you know, and I, I, I need to look at men, you know, who've went through trials. And I may, have to, I may be there. I don't know where I'm going to but I need men like Kurt that I can look up to. He's like, yeah. you know what, brother? How did you do it? But you know what? He gave me what I needed. And I can always have somebody to go to to persevere. Even right now, I'm having trouble with my 10-year-old daughter right now. Get someone to go to. I'm going to go to Kurt afterwards. Why? <laughs> because my wife asked me to. <laughs> so she's going to keep asking me until it happens. There's a little attitude in the house, and i gotta, I, I got to get help. So now not only does my wife know, now you guys can hold me accountable. Okay, Kirk, Kirk, have you spoken to Kurt? All right, two different, all right? So let's fight for God by praying with all kinds of prayer at all times, in the spirit, but never giving up with all our spirits, amen? And lastly, we need to fight for God by praying alertly. Excuse me, that was what we just read. Fight for God by praying for all the saints. That's what the scriptures say. It says we need to pray for all of the Lord's people. Why do we need to pray for the saints or the Lord's people? Okay, what are we on? What kind of fight? We're in a spiritual battle. So we're all what, essentially? We are soldiers. We are soldiers in the army. Okay, all right, got it, right? But that's true. We are all soldiers in the army. Been here for couple decades now and a lot of you can, can relate same soldiers that we've seen and we love possibly converted reached out to had deep relations with even married even gave birth to or even those who reached out to us are no longer here this should not be surprising for the Christian it was very surprising for me as a young Christian but this should not be surprising for us. Because the enemy is always yeah. attacking. Yeah. You know, it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, you know, res, you know the, the enemy that is like the devil. He's the devil. The devil is the enemy. He prowls around like a what? Like a roaring lion ready to devour. You know what the word devour is? Swallow up. Swallow destroy. That is the intention of the devil for each and every one of us in this room, myself included. You know, do we, are we praying for all the saints? You know, we, we've heard the number. We're, we're, we're probably hitting 800 right now as a church. That's a big number, especially for those who only started with eight people, Paul Versage and company. We're, 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 we're at 800. Well, that's a cool number, isn't it? You know what? Great as that may be, I need to see that number as this. Wow. We have 800 soldiers. Yeah. Fighting against the enemy in Hampton Roads. And when I lose one soldier, when I lose one brother and sister, it hurts. Yeah. Not only does it hurt me personally, but it lessens the number of our army. Let's face it, number matters. Yeah. The size of an army matters. Yeah. We should have the conviction to like, you know what, let's be at a thousand, whatever that number is. But we need to grow, not for our glory, but we can size the army. So we can intimidate the enemy. But see, the enemy is always, always roaring, ready to devour. How do you do it? One at a time. One at a time. You know, E.M. Bounds, you know, 
you know, once said, you know, that, you know, we, we need to, we, we talk to men about God. We talk to men for God, which is a great thing. But talking to God for men is still greater. You know, we need to talk to God. We need to ask God. We need to intercede for one another. And God, please help my brother and sister. You know, if there's a marriage that, that, that is hurting, are we praying for our brother and sister? You know, if there is a, if there's a child that's, that's showing signs of straying away, are we praying for our brother and sister and, 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 and their parenting? You know, are you praying for my singles, excuse me, God's singles, <laughs> to stay holy and pure and persevering and faithful? Now, are we praying for our teenagers when they're, at, when, when they're at school? Are we praying for one another with temptation, whatever? Are we interceding for one another? You know, let me ask you this. Are we praying for our leaders? Are we praying for those who are on the front line? You know, Paul is saying that. Pray for me. You know, one of the things that I, I, I've grown to, to uh, as, a, as, a, as a norm in my prayers, praying for the Antons, praying for the elders, praying for the deacons. Praying for you guys, the Bible talk leaders. I'm telling you, you have that conviction down pat, you will never run things out of the brain. Yeah. But we need to pray for our leaders because who would, want, who would say would love to bring down more than anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Who would love to bring down one of us, one of the leaders? If we could bring down a leader, my good, he just brought down the church. And unfortunately, that is very true even in our movement as well. Yeah. You know, we need to pray for it. We need to pray. I mean, even for me, as your administrator, pray for me. Pray for me that God will give uh, the board you know, the, the wisdom, the, the understanding, the servant, how to manage the financial affairs and the business of the Hampton Roads Church. Pray for me. Pray for us. You know, I asked, I asked a single yesterday because I knew that you know he was look, he, he was he was trying to look for a job, or at least trying to change his job. Obviously, he's not in a relationship. So I asked him, brother, is there anything I can pray specifically for you? It's probably the job, isn't it? You know what he told me? Brother, actually, that's not, that's not it. I appreciate that. But he, he said this to me. If you could, please, pray that I can take greater initiative to leave my household to, to, where, to where we can evangelize our neighborhood. He essentially was asking me, and he didn't even know I was preaching today about this verse. He actually asked me, can you please pray for me to be bold, to love my roommates, to remind them why we're here? and to make an impact in our neighborhood. I've had somebody ask me a lot of times, Kirk, what can, you, what can I pray for you? And I really appreciate it. I love the new mom, the, the moms praying in the back, and that's great, that's awesome, I love it. I, I love, and, and these aren't bad things, you know, you know, please pray for me, you know, to, to be patient and loving towards my family, my wife, my children, to persevere with my wife's health condition. I mean, these are good prayers. And I was so convicted by this brother, and I'm convicted here. How often do, when you ask me to pray, Brother, sister, pray for me to be bold when I go to Walmart. You know who reminds me whenever I go to Walmart or Kroger? Charles and Sistel and Billy. Billy Boy, right here. Because they, 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 work, they work in the grocery stores. So whenever I see my brother in the grocery stores, I'm reminded right away why I am here. I need, I need to be bold. Are, are, are we asking one another to pray specifically? Pray for me to be loving, to be courageous, to be bold. Because isn't that what our Lord's heart is? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen.
you know, it's John, John in conclusion here. You know, John MacArthur said, so if, you, if you remember Ephesians, if we're wrapping up Ephesians, you know, Paul's prayer was very lofty, wasn't it? Very heavenly. You know, it's talking about you know all the great things that God is doing in the heavenly realms. Remember that? Read it in Ephesians chapter one. It's very, it's very high and lofty and everything. It's amazing how he closes the end of Ephesians, doesn't it? Well, we start up here. He's he's calling us to exhort on our knees. And to remember how humility is really the key in fighting, you know, fighting, fighting for God. Somebody once said, somebody once said that, you know what, nuclear reactors cannot be beaten by rifles. Just as much, you know, the things and problems of this world cannot be won by human effort. It takes super divine energy to conquer the evil of this world. Are you with me? So how do we fight for God? We need to fight for God through prayer, don't we? We fight for God with all kinds of prayer. We fight for Him at all times. We fight in the Spirit. We fight with all perseverance. And we pray for all the saints. Amen? Amen. Closing quote. Your commanding officer is who? The Lord Jesus. God, yes, the exact representation of his being, as Paul wonderfully reminds us in Hebrews 1. But Jesus is our commanding officer, and he is guiding all of us, you, to stay below, to the ground, when the enemy fires. We, as a church, will only advance safely on our knees. Amen? Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Holy Father, uh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity uh, to uh, be a messenger to your word. Uh, We thank you so much for the book of Ephesians as we're wrapping up. We thank you so much for reminding us that we are all involved in a spiritual warfare. That you've given us everything that we need to stand. And you've instructed us today how we need to stand. It is through prayer. I pray, Father, this very morning we are making decisions that we were inspired or convicted to really make changes and to elevate our prayer life, to to, to see and really see, you know, are we using the full arsenal of our prayers? Are we praying with all kinds of prayers? Father, we we can be inspired to pray at every moment unceasingly when the time is needed, every critical time. That we we have learned how to pray in your spirit. Please teach us to depend on your Holy Spirit according to your word. Please, Father, help us, give us the strength and energy to never give up, but to always be alert and persevere in prayer. And lastly, God, please always remind us that we are in the army and we want your army to only grow in Hampton Roads. How amazing would it be, Father, if we pray for one another, that less, less, of, less people falling in the battlefield will happen, God, but only more will be added to the, to, to, to the army. Please, Father, help us start on our knees with hands uplifted in prayer. Father, advance our church here in Hampton Roads, starting with prayer. Please be with us. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.